Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. I am Dr. Linda Marquez-Gedine, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Once again, I'm going solo this week, and my co-host, my guest, um, well, we have an amazing guest, but my co-host, Fernanda, is, um, is in a retreat, so told her you need to just focus on the retreat. However, of course, every week we want to bring you some uh, guests, we want to bring you information that is totally going to transform your life. And I know today I've been so excited about um, our upcoming guests that you're going to meet here in a few minutes. But I'm excited because I'm such a junkie when it comes to I want to be a better version of myself. And there's so many different modalities. The problem is that we're always searching, searching, searching something outside of us. But today we actually are going to go from within because there's so much that you can do with just the power of your breath. And that's what um, today's podcast is all about. So I know you're going to get a lot of information and you're going to have some new tools to work with. But uh, topic of uh, of our podcast today or the title of our um, podcast is Discover your untapped power through breath work. And so today's guest were, um, today's guest is a respiratory therapist. He's a certified Wim Hof method instructor. He's also certified in the heart math technique. He's a breath, um, breath work facilitator, um, the, as I mentioned, respiratory therapist. And he's been able to impact so many people's lives just by teaching them how to go within instead of looking outside of themselves. Because so many times we look outside of ourselves to upgrade our health, but he's been able to, you know, help people to go more from within to help them have more energy, improve their mood, have more power so that they can expand to their superhuman potential, which I think we all have. So my guest today is going to share the power of breath work and how improper breathing can lead to um, how it impacts your sleep in a negative in a negative way, Hey, how it even actually activates insulin resistance, believe it or not. How breathing impacts the structure of your mouth. Yes, if, if you ever notice, there's no animals out there that need braces. We're the only um, species on the face of the earth that needs braces. And we also can be left um, left or right nostril dominant, which I, I found was fascinating, just like we're left or right hand dominant. We can also be left and right hand um, or left and right nostril breathing dominant. So we're going to find out a little bit about that. And, you know, how can you upgrade your health with just some simple techniques here. So my guest today from down under in Australia is um, Campbell Will. Yes, it's not Mr. Will Campbell, but Campbell Will. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. I'm so excited to have him. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm very, very well. I'm very excited to be here, Dr. Linda. <laughs> I'm so glad that we connected because I've just been fascinated with um just the power of breath. And I always think about there's scripture in the Bible, it says, you know, they they breathe into the nostril and, and gave man life. And I mean, you're, you're so passionate about this. And so I want to know a little bit more about you share with the audience, because I mean, you're a respiratory therapist, and really, the whole focus is on breath, right and breathing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think for a lot of people that sort of get into the sort of health and wellness um, realm, there's something that kind of puts them there. And for me, it was a moment with a patient. Um, I was working with an elderly gentleman in ICU um, who was really, really unwell. 
And my job was to go in and to help him breathe and to help him mobilize. And he looked at me one of the mornings and just with such conviction in his eyes and said, look, when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. And the way that he said it, the kind of emotion that was there really struck a chord with me. And, and I thought about it and it's so simple, but so true. This one thing that we do that has such a profound effect on every other thing that we do. Um, and it's sort of, I, I love this short quote that sort of says, breathing isn't everything, but it affects everything. And that really kind of opened up the door to me to, to look into all of these wonderful ways that we can start to participate in our own breath mm -hmm. and therefore participate in our own chemistry and our neurology and our own biology. Um, it's kind of the only system in our body that's both automatic and under our control. And I see that as an invitation. And that when we do kind of grab a hold of the steering wheel, we've got a lot more control than I think we once thought. Um, all of these automatic processes in the body, all of these things that happen to us, um, when we understand how to use the breath and how to work with the breath, a lot of those things kind of fall into the realm of something that we can influence. So it's been a really fascinating journey for me over the last sort of three, four years of really just diving into the world of kind of respiratory sciences, but tying that in with all of this ancient wisdom that's out there like breath work is, is definitely not new, but we're having this nice kind of resurgence of scientific interest in trying to validate a lot of the things that the yogis and the mystics have known for thousands of years. Absolutely. And, and we were chatting a little bit before you came on and we were talking about, um, you know, just breathing and what was it? The, was it Tom, Tom breathing or what was that breathing? Uh, tomo. Tomo breathing. No, the, the Tomo breathing. And, that just blew my mind. So I started like, I'm like, okay, tunnel breathing. What is this? And what were they doing? But what they, what I found fascinating was that they actually could um, melt the snow around them. And from what I, what I was looking at and reading was that, that they actually put these monks outdoors, right? And that they're just sitting there and they basically just have that sheet that's covering their body and they're outdoors all night long and it's snow and that they actually melted the snow around them, which is wild and nobody believed them, right? So that they actually took them in a lab and they did the same thing almost, but this time they put a sheet, a wet sheet over them and just with the power of their breath, they actually dried the sheet and just by changing their body's physiology, which totally just blew my mind. So that's just how powerful something that we take for granted, just like what you said, when you open, it's like, you know, if you don't have your breath, you really have nothing. And it does impact everything, you know, even like when you're excited, you know, you breathe so differently than when you're depressed, even watching a person. So why do you think we, we have such a problem with reading? We don't, you know, you would think it's like, you know, because I'm going to take your course and I, I downloaded the um, your free ebook, which is amazing, by the way. But I mean, I want to work with you because I feel like I, I've been diving into the meditation. But the part of the meditation that I just not grasping, I think, is the power of learning to breathe properly, because that's something easy that anybody can learn. Right. I mean, it's not like you have to go out and buy a special piece of equipment or even a yoga mat. You can just sit and learn to breathe differently so why do you think so many of us like have a problem we don't even know how to breathe <laughs> yeah it's such a good question and i think you touched on a few really important points there and the first thing i often encourage people is you're right you don't need any equipment you don't need any sort of special space it's instantaneous in its effect um, and you've got everything you need kind of on your face so 
why don't more people kind of turn to it? And I think it's this part of human nature that we think something needs to be really complex and difficult for it to be effective. We want to go for the thing that's really out there and like, oh, well, I haven't tried this thing that requires all of this special stuff and that's going to be the answer. Mm -hmm. And we kind of overlook the simple things. But inherently, the simple things is really what creates these foundations of health in our body, how we breathe, how we move, our mindset, the things that don't require a lot of complexity, I think we just kind of overlook because we think something so simple can't have such an effect. But breathing is it's so powerful. Um, and the, the one part of it that I think is, is relevant to everyone that we can all be in a different situation. And, and quite often, the only thing that we can control is how we're breathing. Right? There's lots of things, the environment, the situation that can be happening to me that are out of my control that make me feel uncertain or fearful or panic, but there is always an opportunity for us to control the breath. And how we breathe fundamentally affects how we feel and how we feel affects how we act. And you start to see this kind of bi-directional pathway of my emotional state and my respiratory patterns. And I can control my respiratory patterns so I can influence my emotional states. There was actually, a, I think you would find it fascinating. They did a, a research study not so long ago where they took a group of, I think it was, a, it was a small cohort study, but they took about 10 or 12 people and they asked them to come in and recreate a certain emotion. So they picked six different emotions and they said, we want you to think back to a memory and, and really try and feel the emotion that we're trying to get you to feel. And it was anger, it was frustration, it was gratitude, a few different emotions. But what they didn't tell them was while they were experiencing the emotion, what the researchers were doing was studying the respiratory patterns, how deep they breathe, how fast they breathe, the location of the breath, nose or mouth, were they holding? And then they took that information and they took a second group of people and they said, we want you to breathe like this, this fast, this deep with your nose or your mouth, hold at this point and tell us how you feel. And they saw an almost one-to-one -one correlation. The people said, this makes me feel angry. This makes me feel grateful. This makes me feel fearful. And so what we start to understand is that every emotional state that we have has a corresponding breathing pattern. But mm. how many of us don't know the difference between our anxious and frustrated breath and our calm and content breath? We don't know those subtle differences. So we think, well, this situation makes me feel upset or angry or anxious. When really mm. it's my physiology, it's the environment that I'm in creates a change in my breathing. My breathing creates a change in my physiology, and I'm tagging on an emotion to that physiological change. The really important piece there is I control my breathing. So if I catch myself and I think my breath is moving faster, it's up in my chest, I'm holding my breath, I'm starting to feel anxious, then I've got something I can grab a hold of. Actually, I'm going to breathe like I'm calm, like I'm relaxed, like I'm in balance, and my emotional state will reflect that. And it's really amazing. It's such an empowering tool for people that feel out of control. And you teach them a few simple practices around their breath and all of a sudden it gives them their sovereignty back that I've got control over how I feel in all of these different situations. So it's really powerful because it's effective in the moment when we need it. Yeah, and that's something you can change. I, I, you can change right away. And I believe that, you know, as, as I was preparing for this and I'd love to meditate, and I tell people meditation is so life changing. However, it's, you really have to work at it, you know, and you have to be mindful. But something that's just breath work, and because I want you to touch upon Wim Hof, and because you're um, certified as a Wim Hof instructor as well, how breathing 
that's something that you can change right away in an instance. Just and there's even wrong ways to breathe. Like a lot of people are breathing through their mouth, and that's really not the right way to breathe, right? Or they're just like, or even when they work out, they're they're not maybe they're they're not breathing. And I know just taking a a, a, a combat fitness class, the instructor would say, "Would you breathe?" And I'm like holding in my breath as I'm <laughs> doing all the workouts, and he's like, "Breathe," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." Sometimes I just forget to breathe, but. Um, so there is a right and wrong way, but it's easy, it's something that can easily be fixed. One, it's just the awareness of how do you breathe? Do you breathe through your mouth or through your nose? And, it, and is one way better than the other? Yeah, and I think for a lot of what I teach, the biggest piece, the most important piece, it seems very simple like we were touching on before, but it has the most profound effect is breath awareness. Notice yeah. how you're breathing when you wake up in the morning, when you're making breakfast, when you get to work, when you're checking emails, when you're driving your car, like all of those different changes in your state, in your environment, are they reflected in your breath? Do I breathe through my mm -hmm. mouth when I'm reading my emails because I'm a little bit stressed? Right? Am I holding my breath when I put the keys in the door because I'm a little bit worried? Like there's all of these yeah. kind of fluctuations that happen and the more aware I can become, then it's as if I start to learn the language of the breath. Oh, this is me breathing because I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. Or someone said something and it makes me feel a certain way and my breathing is reflecting that. So having that awareness piece is really where everyone needs to start because if you don't catch yourself when you're breathing through your mouth, then you can't do anything about it. If you don't notice when you're holding your breath when you're stressed, then you're not going to change that. So I start everyone with just pay attention. I love to do the breath check where think about how many times most people check their phone every day is a mm -hmm. lot. <laughs> um, but how many times do we check our breathing is not very often. So every right. time I check my phone, maybe I also check my breath. And it's a, a five-second check. Am I breathing mm. through my nose or my mouth? If my mouth is open, I close it. Am I breathing into my chest or down into my belly, my diaphragm? And if I feel my shoulders rising or my chest lifting, then I can direct that breath down in with the diaphragm, the lower part of the rib cage. And I'm breathing quickly or slowly. And we know that the rate of the breath is very intimately linked to our heart rate, to our nervous system, to even circulating levels of cortisol. So if I catch myself breathing really rapidly, then I've got an opportunity to slow that down. And I'm going to feel the effect almost instantaneously. And it's like we carve out this neurological groove. Every time I consciously check and I think nose, diaphragm slowly, and I do that over and over, my body will start to automate that because my brain loves to automate. And so it's like I can begin to ensure that my automatic becomes optimal. And, and I, I think that's another thing that people often overlook is just because it's automatic doesn't mean I'm doing it right. <laughs> Like we breathe 20 to 25,000 times a day and we think, oh, well, I'm breathing all the time. It must be okay. But yeah. the same way we pick up bad posture habits or we pick up bad eating habits or exercise habits, we can pick up bad breathing habits. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, just because it's happening all the time doesn't mean I'm doing it well. And there's always mm -hmm. a bit of room for improvement there. And we take, we take it for granted. You know, it's just kind of, we take so much to, for granted. We take our breath for granted, but even just, um, you know, when I first had the conversation with you and I'm just so fascinated with the, our body is just so amazing, you know, and so when a baby, they want to make sure when the baby comes out of, um, out of mama, it's just like, okay, is this baby breathing? That's like one of the first things that they check, right? It's like, is this baby breathing? But um, our, our breath and the power of our breath um, tells us so much. Uh, I was 
reading and and there's a lot of people that snore, so I want to kind of get into the health benefits of everything. But there's a lot of people that snore, and I'm like, okay, and it's a lot of men, but women snore too. But actually, snoring um, that tells you a lot about what kind of breather you are. If you're a mouth breather or a nostril breather, and if you breathe a lot through your um, through your mouth when you're sleeping, I mean that there's a correlation with um, diabetes. There's a correlation even with sexual performance because a lot of um, you know a lot of men that have um, impotence, sexual um, issues. A lot of the time, it is related to like a blood sugar issue thing. But when they're breathing that way with their mouth open at nighttime, it's almost like it's a stressful response. You get that cortisol response and then you get the sister hormone, which I always say, or the cousin insulin. And those are stress responses, you know, to the body. And so, of course, it puts your body more in a sympathetic, more in a, um, in a, a stress state. So, of course, you're not going to be able to sleep, you know, as well as you want to. So I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I was telling my husband this. I'm like, you know what? Because he he snores a little bit, and I'm like, I think we should put tape over your mouth. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there was there was some research, right, where they actually um they tell you to put like tape over your mouth and just to see that that actually would help you for those of you who snore at night to put tape over your mouth. I mean, not like duct tape or anything, but just have that awareness. And yes. Do you recommend that with your, you know, some of your clients? <laughs> I actually, I actually wake up this morning and took the little piece of tape that I put over my lips off, and I do it every night. I do a very, okay. very thin strip of tip tape vertically, um, because I, I had this realization a few years ago. I would wake up in the morning and I would have split lip, I would have a dry mouth, and I would feel horrible. Mm. <laughs> and I just assumed I was an, a slow riser, and it took me a while to kind of get started, and as soon as I kind of dove into this realm, and we'll talk a little bit about those two things that you touched on, one being the kind of nervous system state of being more in that sympathetic state, but also the physiological aspect of our carbon dioxide and what's happening in the brain. But I would wake up in the morning and just feel like I hadn't been to bed and I'd just been in bed for eight hours. And I thought, that's not right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I looked into some of this research and I started popping a little bit of tape over my mouth. And when I would wake up in the morning and I would nasal breathe throughout the night, I felt like a completely different person. I woke up in the morning mm. energized. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is how I should feel after being asleep for eight hours. And like, why is that the case? Well, we know the difference between nasal breathing and mouth breathing. Number one for the nervous system, mouth breathing is very sympathetic. When we, it's telling my nervous system that something in my environment is a little bit scary. Do I need to run mm -hmm. away? Do I need to fight? Do I need to prepare? So it starts to turn on the system and, and secrete some glucose and, and get the muscles ready to run away. Not conducive to trying to drop into that really restful state of sleep. But also, and I think more importantly, when we breathe through the nose, we modulate the flow of carbon dioxide. Um, carbon dioxide is really what triggers, we have all these chemoreceptors through our body and they're not looking for oxygen, they're actually looking for carbon dioxide. It's really interesting. Mm. It's kind of a safety net that evolution has put into play. But if I'm breathing through the mouth all day, that I'm kind of tightening my window of tolerance. And anything outside that window of my pH, which is regulated by carbon dioxide, is going to trigger the brain and say, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when I breathe through the nose, I maintain a lot more carbon dioxide in my blood, 
which in turn is a vasodilator. So where we were talking about impotence before, a lot of that can be down mm -hmm. to the vasoconstrictive effects of over-breathing. So I close down all the vasculature. So when I'm breathing through my nose, I'm propping all open the blood vessels and I'm keeping my oxygen capacity, how much oxygen I'm taking out of the blood, a little bit higher. When I And what's really interesting is what happens when we fall into a really deep state of sleep is our breath rate slows down. So that can be enough that it changes the carbon dioxide level. And if I've got that very narrow band of tolerance, I'm going to get this cortical stimulation. My brain is going to wake up and say, too much CO2, okay? And I have these moments of fragmented sleep where my brain is being told to wake up because there is a fluctuation out of my homeostasis because my homeostasis is very, very narrow. So it's really interesting when I instruct people and I get people just to be aware of their breathing through the day and improving their carbon dioxide tolerance, then they stop having these multiple episodes of waking up through the night because the brain is not being triggered to say too much carbon dioxide because we're expanding that window of tolerance. And so those two things for most people that I work with, and it's really interesting today, I almost don't have anyone that comes to see me that sleep isn't a problem. It's not the primary reason they're seeing me, but when we get into it, oh no, I don't sleep very well. I wake up through the night or I wake up feeling tired or it takes me a while to get to sleep. Like, And again, that's the same as just because we're all breathing doesn't mean we're doing it well. Just because everyone's having sleep issues doesn't mean it's normal. Yeah. And so I think there's a big piece there that when we can optimize sleep, everything else gets a little bit better. Blood sugar regulation, our dietary choices the next day, our mindset, our capacity to exercise. So it's like this low-hanging fruit of like fixing my CO2 tolerance with a little bit of mm -hmm. breath practice throughout the day and perhaps placing that little reminder over the lips so that when my jaw is going to open, I feel that little catch of the tape. Like you said, it's not taping the mouth closed. You'll feel very claustrophobic. It's just a little seatbelt. So as your jaw is beginning to relax and open, the tape catches and you're, you're reminded, oh, breathe through my nose, breathe through my nose. And it'll take a couple of days. The first couple of nights you'll wake up and the tape's on the ground. Um, but it's, it's really, really powerful for people to have that first night where they sleep through nasally and they're like, oh, I feel different. That's awesome. Something so simple like that, you know, so everyone out there that has their CPAPs in and has to, um, you know, wakes up tired. I'm like, hey, why don't you just try this? This may be a game changer for you. And it doesn't really, it doesn't cost anything. Just like, you know, one, just being aware of the breath. Two is how are you breathing? Are you a nostril breather or are you a mouth breather? And we definitely want to be a nostril breather, right? And yes. especially at nighttime when we're sleeping. We don't want to wake up our, <laughs> you know, our partner in bed. It's like and there's times where they're not sleeping well and it impacts your sleep too, because you're either, you're going to be awakened, you can't fall asleep or you go to another room and you're like, I'm out of here, you know, and that can create some tension and yeah, it doesn't definitely. allow you to, you know, to be your, uh, to live um, life full out that day. And just sometimes you're a grump because you haven't had a good night's sleep. I don't know about you, but I'm irritable. <laughs> you know, it's like... and it's, I mean, the research on poor sleep is, it's scary, really, in yeah. terms of like, and especially, especially consistent when I'm having like five to mm -hmm. seven hours consistently throughout the day, like the toll that that takes on my body is really, really overlooked, I think, by a lot of people. And, and yeah. I, I think we are at a, we don't want to scare people in terms of saying, if you don't get really good sleep, it's really bad because then we create more anxiety. And I think, well, mm -hmm. I'm a bad sleeper and what's going wrong? So it's like, 
what are the small pieces that I can put into the puzzle to try and start to see an effect? And it might take a little yeah. time, but I think yeah. it's a really good goal for people to address their breathing if they're trying to influence how they're sleeping. Mm, yeah. So give us a little bit of, um, you know, like a couple tools here, because we know that, I mean, just by the power of breath, and I know a lot of athletes, you probably worked with quite a few athletes as well, but athletes even, I mean, they're getting paid millions to go out there and perform. And you know that they get their diet dialed in, they have to have their sleep dialed in, but even something as important as their breath, because they have to go and they have to perform and get into that flow state. And you'll notice and see that a lot of them that are really excelling, they do breathe through their, their nose, but even someone that's looking for power, the way they, um, let's just say like maybe a tennis player or a person's up to bat and, you know, hits the ball, there's even a connection with how they breathe and are conscious about that in that specific moment. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and even from, I mean, it, that's where I love breath work is it just spans all these different things, but from performance and the physical aspect to recovery to even things like learning and attention, then they've done some very new research that's come out in terms of our memory recall when we're breathing through the nose versus the mouth. And like very, very simple things that we often perhaps don't pay attention to, but it really does kind of across the board affect our performance, whether that's sporting performance, whether that's academic performance or our ability to study and retain information or our ability to emotionally self-regulate, like our performance is affected by the way we breathe. Yeah, I had a, we had a question here that, you know, what do you recommend for people and kids who have sinus and nostril issues, such as it being blocked? What would be something, you know, you're the, you're the expert when it comes to, you know, rest, respiratory as a respiratory therapist. So what would you tell that individual? Yeah, a really wonderful exercise. And this is really effective for kind of temporary or intermittent. Maybe I'm a bit stuffy with sinuses or a more chronic sinus sinitis. Um, but there is this wonderfully interesting molecule called nitric oxide that is produced in the paranasal sinuses. Nitric oxide is a very potent vasodilator and bronchodilator, which means it opens the blood vessels and opens the airways. Now, when we breathe through the mouth, we bypass that entire system. So the first thing, and even when it is a bit difficult, I might have to really try to consciously breathe through the nose. It might be a little bit blocked. But a nice little exercise we can do to unblock the sinuses is to utilize that buildup of carbon dioxide and nitric oxide. So what we can do is we can breathe in through the nose, one breath. We're going to breathe out through the nose. We're going to pinch the nostrils and hold the breath. And we're just going to shake the head, yes and no. We can march on the spot, but we're really holding the breath, holding, 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 until we feel what I would call a moderate air hunger. I want to breathe. There is a sensation that tells me I want to let go of my nose and I want to breathe. When I get to that point, I'm going to release the fingers and try and breathe in through the nose. And I'm going to take one or two breaths and repeat, okay? So to breathe in, breathe out, pinch the nose, hold my breath as long as I can tolerate while I'm moving. And what's happening there is the nitric oxide is building up, the carbon dioxide is building up, and we're starting to open the sinuses. Um, it's really amazing. I've had people wow. that have kind of had that days on days on days of blocked yeah. nose, and we do this four or five times, and it's like, oh, I can breathe. Um, and so that's a wow. nice little, like when it's difficult, I can use those kind of little triggers to create mm -hmm. a bit more opening of the airways. But then that really allows me to maintain nasal breathing for a period of time afterwards, which is going to start mm -hmm. create that opening of the airways in a longer term. Wow. 
That's powerful. I got to share that with my mom and a couple of my siblings because I know that they have that that same issue exactly. And it looks like Mursad had asked that question. So um, thank you so much. I mean, that's priceless information in there. But I know our time is coming up short. We both have, you know, clients, patients to see. But I did, um, I want people to go to your website because you have this um this free ebook and it's amazing. You know, if y'all can see that here, but it's about sleep, but also you mentioned, you know, breath and body, breath and body work in there and therapy. So what's the best website for people to go and find you? Because I really want them to, to download this ebook and you even work with people all over the country and all over the world. So that's awesome. So what's the website that people can go to? Yeah, so my website is breathbodytherapy.com. I'm the same on social media. I'm most active on Instagram if people are on socials. Um, and yeah, I, I I really don't see, there's nothing I don't see is a better way to explain that. But what I've found is really most effective is around sleep, is around stress, and is around anxiety and mood regulation. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of these things that I think where when we look at the rise of anxiety, of stress-related disorder, of mood dysregulation, Um, then a lot of people haven't tried their breath and they haven't tried regulating internally, as you said at the start of the show, rather than relying on an external source. When I'm reaching for the coffee to wake up or the wine to wind down, I've got that same tool internally. I can breathe in a way that's going to stimulate it, that's going to relax and to start to sort of self-regulate. So if anyone that is struggling with sleep or that's struggling with mood or emotion Um, then let's have a look at your breath, at least as the invitation to see perhaps if I begin to optimize my breath, how will that affect all of the other things that are happening in my life? Yeah, thank you so much, because I do want to bring you back on just to talk about breath and stress and how how to use that, because we can be left or right side dominant when it comes to nostril breathing and how it impacts different parts of the brain and the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Oh my gosh, we just go There's on so hours about that. Yeah, we can just geek out on that. But anyways, thank you so much for your time. And I definitely want to have you back so we can get a little bit more deeper into that. But for now, I want people to go to your website because you do have so much information there. Get your free ebook, work with you. Um, definitely, because I know that just the power of our breath can really change our lives dramatically. And it's really, it is that simple, but one, just be aware of it Two, work with someone like, you know, yourself that can really take a person to that next level. All right. Oh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for being on here. Thank you so much, Campbell, for being here. Appreciate it. And we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Linda. Bye-bye. Bye.